0: Hear the word of the gospel this morning. This is in Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed entered that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Let's pray. Lord, this is a tightly reasoned and complex little passage of Scripture. And frankly, we do not live in a culture that gives much weight to the concept of rest. But Lord, it is a concept that is central to what you are doing in the world and what you are doing with your saving work. I ask that you use this passage to stir our hearts to long for rest. And that you would show us that that longing is good and reasonable. And that our rest can be found fully and completely in you and what you have done. At the end of this morning, have us longing for rest and satisfy us in rest. Use my words for good ends. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can take a seat. Good morning, New Life Church. Good morning, Eric. There we go. My name is Eric, and I'm one of the pastors here. Um, get your Bibles out. If you have not already done so, open it up to Hebrews 4. Also, you can put a finger in Psalm 95. If you are on the other side of the screen, I would encourage you to grab your Bible, even though it's going to be on the screen. I would love for you guys to have your eyes on the pages as we walk through the passage to see how it lines up, to see how it has how it relates to the other words. I want you to know your Bibles. So let's let's learn it together. As you're opening up your Bibles, let me tell you, about a rhythm we have in our house. My boys affectionately call Saturday Pancakes with Papa Day. I don't know if that came through into the online, but my boys just noted that they definitely call it Pancakes with Papa Day. It is called Pancakes with Papa Day because, well, one, I'm the Papa, and two, every Saturday we wake up, I make coffee, Leslie makes wonderful pancakes. I don't make the pancakes, but somehow I get to be associated with it as as Papa. We have eggs. We have bacon sometimes. When uh, oranges are in season, we squeeze orange juice, and we start our Saturday morning with a breakfast feast. And the rest of our day is rest. That means playing outside. It could mean sitting and reading. It could mean making a fire if it's cold outside, and maybe cuddling on the couch. There is rarely any schedule to the day. We don't run errands. It also means a lot of saying no to requests to engage obligations or events or whatever. And every Saturday, every Pancakes with Papa Day, we hope to create a physical rhythm that points to the reality that God has done the work, and we can rest in that. We rest physically to remind ourselves that we are at rest spiritually. There is a rhythm to remind ourselves that even if I do nothing today, God has taken care of it. God has provided. God has done the heavy lifting. And because of that, I can rest. This morning, we are continuing are 50 days in the gospel by looking at the reality that believing the gospel produces rest. The promise of entering, is re- entering rest is reached by those who believe the gospel. And to do that, we're going to sit in Hebrews 4, chapter 4, for a little while. Hebrews is a sermon by an unknown author, and chapter 4 is when that author digs into the idea of rest. So before we get started... Let's define the most obvious term that Hebrews will deal with. What is rest? It's better than a nap, right? It's better than a good night's sleep. It is is more than the exhale on day three of vacation when you finally stopped holding on to work and you actually start vacationing. You You know that feeling, right? You've experienced that. But all of these little examples point us in the right direction. There is completion of work in rest. There is stopping of labor, a halting of toil. But biblical rest is bigger because it is attached to the work of God. Rest is sharing God's presence and the peace that comes with His completion of work. Rest is sharing God's presence and the peace that comes with His completion of work. Just think about that definition. Doesn't that, at least for me, doesn't it feel like the anticipation of a holiday? If I'm thinking about being able to share God's presence and the peace that comes with His completion of work, it's a bigger version of the excitement I used to feel in my chest as a school kid waiting for summer holidays. Don't you want to rest? The gospel proclaims there is a way to rest. There is good news that rest is a reality into which we are all invited. There is a promise of entering rest and it stands before each of you today. The author of Hebrews explains, starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, Let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. He starts with a therefore. Let's be good basic Bible readers. Frankly, good basic readers. This is how you read anything. But a therefore points before. And the author has been talking before this about the fact that rest has been available. That's what most of chapter 3 is about. And while it is available, do not be disobedient and reject entrance into grace, into rest, like the people of Israel did. That's who he's been talking about. You see, in the prior chapter, he quotes Psalm 95. We read it at the por- a portion of it at the beginning of the service. But let's read the whole thing here. You should already have your finger there so you can flip over to Psalm 95. And we'll read that together. Well, not together. I'll read it. Don't worry. We're fine. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are all his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. A bunch of reasons to sing, right? We are being pulled toward relationship with God in this psalm, invited to worship and be in relationship with the great king. He continues, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said they are a people who go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Psalm 95, 1 through 11, draws from the story of Israel in the desert. They were in the wilderness, if you recall. They were in the wilderness because they had been rescued from their slavery at Egypt. And God was taking them through the wilderness toward a promised land called Canaan, a place of rest and connection with God. But after being invited into connection, into a place of rest, they say, No, we don't want any part of that. In the wilderness, they harden their hearts. They put God to the test and they say, we will not go with you into the land of promise, into your rest. And God says, as you wish. You will not be part of my rest. The rest was open, ready to be embraced. But they said, no. And now the preacher of Hebrews preaches the promise of rest with God is still open. Let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. This is big news. Let's take this seriously. Israel, the people of God were offered rest long ago and they did not take it. But there is still an opportunity. The door is open to rest. Do not sit there flippantly or nonchalantly. Don't dilly-dally around the door. Jump through the door. Do not miss this. And why the warning? The warning is let us fearless. Any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Because good news has been heard before. And people have ignored it. People have heard good news before and never benefited from the hearing in one ear And out the other. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. If the good news that you can be in connection to the rest of God comes into your ears, listen. Jump into that invitation. Do you want to rest with God? That is the offer on the table. Do you hear this? Do you really hear it? Because people have heard it before and ignored, ignored the door. Do you want to rest with God? I hope the answer is yes. They've missed it in the past, so that rest is still open. The preacher continues in verse 3, For we who have believed enter that rest. As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Again, he quotes from Psalm 95 to point out that the rest was started long ago, but the invitation into rest is still open. When did God create the rest or establish it? Or when did God create it? When did he rest? God created it. God established rest at the beginning If you recall the story, the preacher, I think this is hilarious, in verse 4 he says, For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. This is about the funniest reference to a Bible passage in the Bible that I have ever read. He's been quoting Psalm 95. If If you look all through Hebrews, he's quoting scripture all over the place, verbatim. Obscure passages about Melchizedek and things like that. You don't even know what I'm talking about. He does, and he's quoting it all over the place. But when he quotes the beginning of the book, he says he's spoken somewhere about something. Who who remembers where this is quoted? This is Genesis 2. For some of you, it'll be the first page of the Bible. Potentially the first page of the Bible, the very beginning of this book. And what is God doing at the beginning of the book? He's working. He's creating and then He is preparing a place for man to dwell. He places man and woman in a garden. And after six days of work, He rests. He completes His work and the rest is beautiful. There is God enjoying His wonderful, untarnished creation Man and woman created in his image to reflect back to him in an untarnished way, in a garden, in a walking relationship with God. There are no barriers between them. They can talk to God, they can interact with God, they walk, literally walk with God in the garden. They enjoy all he created and he enjoys them. All is as it should be. Enjoyment and satisfaction in the Creator. And the things he has created. There is peace on earth on that day. There is rest. Sharing God's presence and the peace that comes with his completion of work. Rest is happening in the garden. God creates, God establishes, opens up the rest, and for a moment, Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, are with him in rest. It's beautiful. It's restful. It is peaceful. It is a wonderful exhale of everything is right in the world. And I get to depend on the work of God and just enjoy it. What a day. And then it is broken. Adam and Eve are tempted with the opportunity to not trust God. And they take it. And they exit his rest. And we've, we broke it. We've been breaking it. And ever since, people have been in a period of unrest. And a theme of Scripture is that rest is being reestablished in the world. People have been looking for rest. We long for rest. We long for rest to be restored. And we've been reaching for it in all the history of mankind And this passage talks through multiple people. Israel, David, Joshua. Searching for rest, longing for rest. God makes a people, the people of Israel, walks them through the wilderness and invites them into rest and they reject it. In verse 5 it says, and again in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. They've been searching. They say, forget it, so the rest remains open. They heard the good news about rest and they reject as though to say they want no part with the giver of rest. They are disobedient to the face of God, to the invitation to rest. Israel didn't grab it. Israel longed but didn't take it. Or David, what about David? You know David, the writer of many psalms, the writer of Psalm 95. David longs for rest, and he is the king. He is the best king that Israel had had. He could not bring rest, but longs for it and writes the psalm that keeps getting quoted. In verse 7 it says, Again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Through David, we're being reminded, don't harden your hearts, but worship and obey. Enter into the rest of the one who completed the work. Be connected with God. The invitation is there. The chance to enter the promise is here. Even in David's day. Even in our day. Today. Israel longed and, but rejected Today, God is calling people to accept. And maybe you know the story. They're in the wilderness with Moses. Maybe you know the story and you think, what about Joshua? He did something, didn't he? Verse 8 says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. Moses led them from Egypt, led them in the wilderness. Moses was there when they disobeyed and rejected God. But then Joshua, Joshua takes them into Canaan. The promised land, the land of rest, right? Which happened first, Israel into the promised land or the writing of the Psalms? Israel into the promised land. That happens first, right? Israel goes into the promised land first and then the Psalms are written. And the Psalm says, today, don't harden your heart. If Joshua brought them into rest, it would be a done deal. There would be no psalm. It would be over, but the opening to rest is still open. It was open in David's day, and God says through the speaker, uh, through the writer of Hebrews, He used the word today, and He used the word today for a reason. So even today, April twenty fifth, we are looking at the chance to listen and hear and jump into rest. The longing of humanity since the garden has been for rest, for a trust in the completed work of God. We have been given opportunity even now, enter into rest. This very day, the opportunity is here. That longing you feel for rest is the longing of the generations of tired people that need connection with the one who gives rest. The tiredness you feel is not just from a day's long work, but from an existence that is disconnected. That tiredness can meet rest. That striving can stop. That toil can be over. The work has been done, and it is not done by you. That is good news, my friends. This rest was enjoyed and started by God after creation. It was offered up time and time and time again throughout history. And even today, it is offered up and can be entered into. It was open for the original readers of Hebrews, and it is open for us today. The gospel produces rest, and it is entered into by those who believe the gospel. The writer continues in verse 9. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his work, works as God did from his. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. In fact, you can even flip that. The people of God are those who experience the Sabbath rest. The people of God are those who take the promises. They run toward the offer of relationship rather than away. They run toward and grab it. There remains a Sabbath rest. Can you just sit in that for a moment? There remains a Sabbath rest. There is rest for the people of God. Can you feel that sense of relief? The mind perusing the possibility of being part of that kind of rest. Or perhaps your quick-paced mind is coming up with a bunch of questions. You mean I don't have to toil anymore? Do you mean I don't have to earn favor anymore? You mean there can be peace and relationship with God like we had in the garden? You mean the frenzied nature of this world is not the heartbeat of existence? Something's broken? There is room for breath. There is wholesome completion of work. I can enjoy the rest of God himself. Friends, we can enjoy the rest of God. The gospel produces rest, my friends. And if you enter God's rest, you can rest from your works. All that is necessary to bring you into relationship with God and His peace, it has already been done. By your works, you cannot bring more rest. You cannot bring more peace. You cannot bring more connection with God. You can join into what God did at the beginning and all the work Has been done. Perhaps you're thinking, well, yeah, you you told me about creation. You told me about the beginning. There's the creation part of work and relationship was made then. I get that that work is done, but we broke it. What about the work that needs to be done to remedy and to reconcile and to reestablish rest? Friends, that's the gospel. That is the good news. Jesus came to open the door again to rest. Jesus came to do all the work necessary for you to enter that rest. And we enter by believing the gospel. The author of Hebrews says this before chapter 4. In chapter 3 he says, But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope, Christ has done the work to make a house of people. I like the idea of belonging to the house of Christ. Are you connected to the house of the Son of God? We are connected by putting our confidence in the work of Jesus He did all the work to make the house and pull you in and you enter into that rest by holding fast to the confidence that he did all the work. That work was completed on the cross. He brought the completion of work with his own death. And his last words on the cross punctuate that reality. In John 19, it says, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is Finished, And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus did the work and said, it is finished. His resurrection from the grave allows him to invite you in to enter into his rest. Even now, today, it is as though Jesus is saying, enjoy the rewards of my work. Rest even now. But if you're like me, you keep making a list of all the things you need to do. Perhaps you fall or you make an error and you think, I need to clean myself up before I can be close to God again. That is not gospel. Gospel is Jesus saying, enjoy the rewards of my work. Rest even now. But, but you, don't even, you don't understand. I keep a lot of things going. My involvement is necessary. This is my identity. This is my value. That is not good news. Jesus says you have new identity and value. You belong to the house of Christ. Enjoy the rewards of my work. Rest even now. But I have a lot to bear All these responsibilities rest on my shoulders. I am very important. I am needed. There's no rest for the weary. These are the words of Jesus, even in his ministry. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And this is true even now, today. Come to Jesus, all who labor and are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. He has done all the work. He has carried all the weight. I have to say, this was put to the test for me even yesterday. The typical pancakes with Papa Day. Day. (laughs) The set-aside rhythm of rest to remember that God has already done the work. It has been a busy, unexpectedly taxing week with unexpected challenges, and Saturday came upon me, and I was not at all where I wanted to be with this sermon. And the thoughts came to mind, I need to work during this rhythm of rest so I can get this to where Jesus needs this to be. I need to pull my fair share for God. There's, there's so much joke there, guys. So much joke. As if, as if ever I am the vessel that surprises God. Wow, I get to use this. Man, I'm so glad he worked those extra hours because I was behind. So yesterday I practiced, practice, I'm not perfect at this. I practiced remembering the good news. Okay, I'm not going to work. That God has done the work. That God will do the work. And I can rest in his work. I can trust that He has done what is necessary. I can trust that I cannot add anything that would have been lacking from His work. And I can breathe easy. I can rest. Breathe deeply, my friends. Enjoy the rewards of the work of Jesus. Rest even now. Enter into the rest. The door is open even now. Verse 11 concludes and says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. The author of Hebrews wraps up this portion of the sermon pressing once again the invitation that is before every listener, each of you. The options are clear. I can enter rest and relationship with God or I can fall away in disobedience. Why disobey? What can be better than to be included in the completed work of Christ? What could be better than being connected to the one that says, I will give you rest? The way of disobedience is full of toil and strife and difficulty and tiredness. There's no peace. There is no rest. But the rest is available, even today. Will you enter it? The gospel produces rest. Believe the gospel. And just a word on activity. I'm sure some of you are thinking, Eric, there there is no rest. I still have to go to work tomorrow. I still need to parent my kids. I still need to love my spouse. I still need to love my neighbors I still need to deal with taxes and do all the things. There are still activities. Even God is described as being active in the verse after this passage. But when we belong to the rest of Christ, our activities no longer have to hold the weight of bringing us into belonging with God. Work does not need to bring you success. It can just be worship. You belong to rest. You can love the Lord your God with all your strength or your talents or your gifts. It can be worship. Parenting does not need to be your identity. You belong to rest. Loving your neighbors well is not an aim for approval. You belong to rest and you can love well. Service becomes worship and service of the King, not an attempt to make yourself look acceptable. All the work has already been done if you believe the gospel. If you hold your confidence in the work of Jesus, you can rest. Your connection with God is secure. Relationship is established. And all the work He has done, you get to enjoy. Believing the gospel today brings a reality of rest because of the work of Jesus. But it is even better than that. Just as God started His work of establishing creation on a Sunday morning and ended in rest on a Saturday when He created man and woman and put them in a garden, He started His redeeming work on a Sunday morning. With the resurrection of Jesus from the grave, and he will end in the new creation with the new heavens and the new earth enjoyed by all redeemed men and women, all humanity, on a Saturday of ultimate rest for the totality of time. We are waiting for the ultimate rest, the final Saturday, the true Sabbath. The author of Hebrews speaks of an unshakable kingdom a city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, something better than the toil-filled places we know. John speaks of the same reality in Revelation. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things, the restless things, have passed away. And there will be rest. Sharing God's presence and the peace that comes with His completion of work. Don't you want that? The door is open even now. God is the God who has created and then redeemed. He has done all the work necessary to create you and to make you connected with himself. He has done the work necessary for you to rest. In light of that truth, you can rest in the rest of Jesus and long for the coming ultimate rest. And that changes the way you live. Every emotion is impacted if I can rest. My worry subsides when I can rest. My anxiety is abated when I remember rest. My performance is not the definer of my identity. My success does not determine my value. God has done the work. Christ has given me his work and given me his rest. Christ has given you his work. And given you his rest. And this allows us to breathe easy with the smile of grace, the smile of rest. Be eager to be in this rest. Stop toiling, your work won't cut it. Turn into his rest. The gospel proclaims it clearly and produces it fully. He already said it is finished. The work is completed. The rest is available. Enter into his rest. Believe the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, help us sit in your rest. We are so anxious to jump to the next thing. We are all so busy. We don't live in the reality of the rest you have allowed us to enter in. Fill our hearts with the satisfaction of your rest. Bring us the relief of rest in you and the hope of rest for all eternity. What a good day it will be. May even our actions be informed by the rest. We work differently when our identity, relationship, value, satisfaction, and acceptance is not tied to our work. Work is simply and gloriously worship when we understand the rest we belong to. Give us the peace of rest. If anyone is sitting here not connected to your rest, make the prospect of it unavoidable. Show them the glorious reality of rest and put confidence in the work of Christ in their hearts. For my friends that have belonged to the house of Christ for a long time, but still feel the need to toil, give them peace. Allow them to feel the relief that you have done all the work. Their identity is secure because of you. Their acceptance is secure because of you. Their relationship with you is secure because of you. Allow them to rest easy. You have done the work effective for our good. You allow us to enter rest, and you give us the hope of ultimate rest for the entirety of our future. Allow us to know that deep in our bones, and may it enrich the tones of our melodies even now. Amen.